Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 89 of the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast. This is regular host Aaron Percival and joining me is a usual partner in crime, Eric Adams. Hello. And we are back for a special interview episode. We are joined by a actor from my favourite Alien anniversary short and he also has his um, other Aliens legacy in the way of his parentage. Um, welcome to James Paxton. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. It's it's an honor to, to be on the podcast. Thank you. So before we do start nerding out about Alien and about your time on the anniversary shorts, can you also tell us a little bit about yourself outside of the Alien universe? Who are you and what do you do? Absolutely. Well, yep. My name is James Paxton, and uh, I've been I'm an actor. I've been acting for professionally for almost six years now, based in Los Angeles, and uh, I also write music kind of as a hobby on the side kind of keeps me going between jobs and um grew up in, in california kind of uh, north of la about an hour and 40 minutes in a little town called ojai california kind of like a little hippie town it's it's a cool spot yeah that's you know love love basketball love filmmaking music movie a lot of interest yeah that's that's <laughs> that's about it show we wanted to ask you a little decision to get into acting. Um, we imagine a lot of our listeners will be guessing it was primarily down to your father, but um, that wasn't exactly the case, was it? No, actually, uh, it, it wasn't. When it came to my decision to get into acting, I that that was not always uh, that wasn't a decision I made very early on. I never actually kind of growing up. I always knew Dad had a really cool job and. My favorite aspect of it was that my sister, mom, and I, we were, we were always visiting him different places. And But I think at a very young age, I didn't even know exactly what he did or the significance of like of, of, of his filmmaking and like in the movie he was on. I, I just uh, I just knew it was, it was cool that he like did all this traveling. But I always had different interests. Like I was all over the place. I was always into art. But basically, when I went to college, I was actually set on becoming a journalist and being maybe like a news reporter. And I, I basically went to the East Coast. Uh, I was 18, and I just like I had some trouble staying focused in school, and uh, and then I kind of had to take a medical leave of absence because I got I got sick. I got uh, a, a small bout of like E. coli actually in New York. Kind of hit me kind of hard, and I um, I was just overwhelmed in New York as well. So I moved back to California, and I was planning on going back, but. During that time, I realized, like, you know, the longer I stayed here, I wasn't going to go back. My dad was, he was encouraging me, of course, as always, to make sure that I was not, you know, a lazy bum and, like, kept myself, like, in a job or something. So he encouraged me to move to L.A., and I didn't know what, what I was going to do, but he was, it was, he he came up with the, uh, the idea that I maybe just go and take some acting classes while I'm out there, as well as I was going to, I enrolled in another college out here to take some courses, just stay active, stay busy. And because I was always also in theater in, in in high school and I was like, you know, I, I was always into performing and basically I fell, I fell like in love with acting then and, and realized, and, but he told me, he was like, you know, if you're going to do this, you got to throw yourself 150,000% forward into this and take it very seriously and, and really study it as a craft. And so gave me a good uh, clear like direction and and got me inspired and now I've been doing it for about six years but no it was not always the case that I wanted to become an actor and you you were actually born after aliens weren't you You were born in the 90s yeah I was I was born in um in 94 so yeah that was after after my my time (laughs) before my time I should say so something we always love to ask our guests about is the first time you know they ever actually saw an alien films would have been cool if you you'd have been wandering around on the set but <laughs> yeah do you actually remember the first experience with any of the films was was it aliens yeah it was it was aliens i started with two and then went back to alien right after that but i i wanted to see the first one immediately and then i was sort of on it was because it was my dad who who really encouraged me to see it it was kind of one of these things where like he was talking about it one day I was probably I was a teenager, I'm sure, and he was ta- he was talking about some story of his and was talking about aliens. I think probably with um, 
you know, I, I remember, I think it was when Lance Henriksen came up to visit the house in Ojai and we went out to lunch and they were talking, talking. And then all of a sudden I kind of chimed in and was like, you know, I haven't seen it or something. And my dad kind of gave me this, like, he, he, he just assumed like I'd seen it already. He was like, what the hell? You haven't seen aliens? Like what the guy? Oh my God. I've been raising this boy. Right. Like, you know, he was like, he was like, God, Lance, I'm embarrassed. Like, and then, and then he, uh, basically like sat me down, like turned it on for me and I just watched it. And then, and then I went quickly back to the original cause, uh, Harry Dean Stanton was also a very close friend of my dad's. And so he's like, Oh, and Harry's in the first one. You're going to love this. Like, and yeah, I was probably, you know, not, I was probably about 14, 14 or 15 when I saw it for the first time. So, but I, I, I have to admit, I, I've films a long time ago as well but uh prometheus most recently i definitely like now that now in going back like i rewatched the first two before i did this short and then i watched some like some commentary and i i i, I really wanted to brush up on it but anyway sorry i'm so long-winded with these answers guys <laughs> to listen to you talk so you no talk. no no we like that <laughs> well i'm flattered thank you are you into you know sci-fi in general anyway do you, do you think you'd have come across that I'm into I'm I'm into all genre of film. I, I I don't I don't necessarily I wouldn't consider myself like as knowledgeable um, as I'd like to be in the sci-fi like realm. But you know I'm I still like you know devour it whenever I can and and really enjoy enjoy sci-fi. I, I basically read uh, all kinds of scripts you know when I'm when I'm auditioning out here and so my my focus is always kind of like spread. But like in in when I'm just watching movies I. Yeah, I, I, I love a good sci-fi, for sure. Did you ever actually watch it with, you know, with your dad or with Lance or with um, with Harry next to you, giving any commentary? Well, what it was, what, uh, usually, like, if a movie of my dad's was on that I was, he'd kind of, like, and I was, like, at the house or something, he'd kind of float in and, like, he'd be, like, go, pro, pro, most of the time, like, running around the house working on stuff but he like he'd like pop in for a scene and be like oh yo gee i check this part out like he's like uh and then and then he'd, he'd like he'd like hang in there for like you know five to ten minutes and watch a scene and then maybe drop you know an anecdote or two and then and then kind of pop back out so he didn't like sit down and watch the whole thing like front to back with me but he was he was definitely in and out watching it he actually he had um i don't know if this is a well-known story but i think a lot of fans would um wouldn't be able to believe this uh, honestly because i i couldn't believe it because after i'd seen it my dad was telling me that he had such a panic attack after the filming of aliens because he was dead convinced that his performance was was the worst he'd, thing he'd ever done he thought he he was gonna ruin the movie he thought he was over the top and he, he actually had kind of a, a breakdown over it and it really like hurt his confidence. That bad? Yeah, he, it really shook his confidence and I couldn't I couldn't believe that at the time because I was young, he was telling me the story and I hadn't gotten into acting myself, but now I can... I can understand like what he's saying. Like, you know, I get very like, I'm sure most performers do, but I, I'm, I'm outspoken about, I, I get very like insecure sometimes after I, like sometimes, and it's so annoying at the very last day of finishing a project, I, I feel like I do a scene where I'm like, okay, now I'm in the groove. And it's like, oh, well, we've just shot the whole thing. You know, like now I'm where I wanted to be the whole time. But then I think, you know, of course, once he saw what the film did and, and how really like iconic his character came, you know, he, he realized how powerful like your head can be in turning against you about about things like you're always your own worst critic. Exactly. Yeah, he really was. And uh, he, he I remember he said he, he really had like a panic attack uh, with Jim and, and Jim had to really just calm him down and tell him that he that he did a great job and people are going to love it. But yeah, I don't know if that's really like a known story, but but that was a good that was a, like a, a cool lesson he was able to impart on me with um, using that experience. But yeah, he brought a lot of himself into that role. You know, I mean, he, he brought in that, that the famous game over line. That was his line. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where, what, the, what the question was, but that's um, <laughs> it's fine. We've we've deviated from it. Yeah, no, I, I was just asking if you'd if you'd watch them with with them, um, and they, they provided commentary, which you know you got to some some effect. Yeah, uh, but yeah. No, that, that, that's interesting because I don't think I've ever heard it from your dad's perspective. But yeah, 
I think Rico Ross did actually say he was surprised at how the final Rico Ross has him playing Frost, how it all turned out, because, you know, things as you were seeing them filmed on set are not, well, they're not representative of the final product, are they? You know, they're missing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And he remembered, he said that, you know, it did feel a little over the top at times, but then when it came out, it was just fucking immense. And, you know, it's such, his role is such a, you know, pop culture icon kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, you need you need someone with that charisma to it Hudson needed to be over the top. And there are only a few actors who could have pulled that off convincingly. And it, it totally worked in the finished product. Sometimes you're doing things and you think, oh yeah, that won't work, but then you see the end result, and that's all, you know, James Cameron's magic, and he just made that character his own totally. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think I think uh, he came to be extremely proud of it. I know, you know, he was young at the time. That was that was early in his career, too. Yeah, that was like his first first major role, wasn't it? I mean, before that was Terminator. Much. Well, his first technically his first sort of break out role and it was still a supporting role was um he played uh chet and weird science kind of the bully older brother and- uh, yeah that that was just before it wasn't it I thought, wow, <laughs> yeah <laughs> just before it yeah right before yeah and he had only done and then he had done another film as a supporting role with uh with michael bean and a guy named rick rosovich it called the lords of discipline and that was that was filmed over in at twickenham film studios and that's how he met he met my mom during the filming of that and uh, they actually met at a bus stop there <laughs> in at St. Margaret Station. But um, yeah, so that was so Aliens was very early on in his career. OK, well, um, well, moving back to, to you uh, specifically, uh, Eric, if you just want to. Let's get this. Yeah, let's get this back on me. Yeah. How versed were you in the Alien universe before you starring in the shorts? I mean, obviously, you've got a different perspective than a lot of people. Had you ever dived into, you know, what's called expanded universe like the novels the comics the games anything like that no i want to you know this the came together really fast at the last minute before doing the short so i really just went back to the first two films and and watched those i i no i gotta admit i i I wish like i i had been able to get into all that but i i still have waiting for me i i have not gotten into really really the expand i've seen the other films long time ago I, I did see Prometheus in theaters with my dad actually um, when that had come out, but um, no, I, I got, I've got just got to be honest. No, I, I I'm not as well versed as I should 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 be. That's fair enough. But on on the topic of of Alien alone, then of, of the the anniversary short that you you were mm-hmm. in, um, you had the role of McWeir. Yep. I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved with that with that short. Yeah, so so I um I caught wind that uh that Fox was doing uh, different various celebrations for the 40th anniversary and that there was going to be six short films that they were going to finance through this company called Tongle and uh, I saw some links on Tongle about it and I sent it over to my agents and basically was just like, "Oh my god, this would be so cool and I'd love to 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 kind of join the legacy and be like a legacy casting and there's any any possible role I could fit into and it just so happened to turn out that like my agents had um represented uh they'd worked with Tongle over the legal deal that the Tongle made in partnership with Fox over the shorts so they already had contacts there and so they reached out to Tongle and said hey we have this actor he's it's Bill Paxton's son and he heard about the shorts and really would love to, to be a part of them if, if anybody has a role that he could read for or that they think he'd be right for um please let us know. So they disseminated that information to, to the filmmakers. And then Noah, Noah Miller reached out to me, Noah and Pat Ridge. They reached out to me and set up a meeting and uh, they, they sent me the script shortly before the, re- the, the meeting. Then it was like, Oh my God, I'd, I'd like, I'd, I'd be so honored to be in this. And uh, I did some, some private like reading uh, of the part with Noah. And um, we did a lot of talking about it. I, I mean, I had I had like a couple pages of notes about the character and like, you know, coming up with backstory, even though he's in there for such a short amount of time. I just I always like to just really f- flesh out the foundation of a character, where he's coming from. And then it, and then uh, and then it came together really fast. Then a few weeks later, we just we were shooting the thing. Can you tell us a little bit about that sort of backstory that you came up with for McWeir then, if you remember any? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I have it all written down somewhere. But basically, he's kind of like. 
Noah and I kind of came up with the, the that he he kind of had to grow up kind of fast and that he was on his own a lot and that he got a job working for the company at kind of a young age and he was he was sort of willing to go further and above and beyond uh, than anybody else so he kind of quickly became this candidate for sort of just 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 any kind of dirty work missions that the company needed him to carry out you know don't ask questions do this he just knows he gets he gets he paid well for it, and he could sustain himself on it. But just from the top of my head, that's kind of what I what I recall. And and basically, he he doesn't know when he comes to the ship. He he doesn't really know what he's disposing of. He knows he's there to collect these these samples. He knows not not to let them defrost. He knows you know to basically keep them in stasis, and that's all he knows. And obviously, he walks into a whole nother situation. <laughs> Very unfortunate situation for him. Yeah. Very unfortunate situation, yes. <laughs> As the title implies, Alien Alone doesn't have a huge cast. A lot of it rides on the shoulders of Taylor Leans. What was it like working with her? Because obviously more leeway to be emotional with your character for a start compared to hers, who's got, you know, she's a synthetic. The audience knows it from the start. Did you have any interaction along those lines also? Because, you know, you you ultimately play her creation at the end. I assume there was some back and forth between you and about how that would have been like. Yeah. Well, starting with, with the McGuire character, basically there's, so that interaction between where I'm behind the door and in the window and she won't let me out, that we shot that kind of a variety of different ways. We were Taylor and I were even improving a little bit of a little bit of back and forth because I was really trying to get it right where there's there's a lot of levels to it because you know my character doesn't remember what really what happened. He's he's getting flat, he's just his head is is pounding, his throat hurts. He's obviously like really like not feeling well at all, but he doesn't really know what happened. So when she comes up, I think that, you know, the first initial thing was like, oh God, you know, like, thanks. There's somebody can let me out. I, he doesn't really realize that he's, he's being held prisoner. But then I think he's, he starts through that quickly getting flashes and, and feelings of dread that, that something really happened. Cause she's, you know, there's something really off about her. And I, he doesn't, I don't think he has time to fully put it together, but that was a tr- actually a really tricky scene to play because it was, I had to kind of start at one place and ramp it up so quickly and, and try to make it believable. Taylor's great to work with because we would bounce ideas off of each other. Like I kind of a few times was like, can you be a little like, oh, we were obviously talking with Noah about this, but it was like, uh, can, can she, can she kind of really be a bit like stern with me? Like, like kind of like scary, you know, to, to almost elicit like fear, but also just anger in my character and the whole power dynamic. And, and so that was, that was like a a really collaborative, like scene between the three of us. And it was, that was really fun working with Taylor. She's really talented and just a really sweet person. And she, she became an alien expert. She did, she really like to her credit dove into the expanded universe. Uh, then, so the, the, the second, you know, my my final evolution form came uh, because they just needed a tall, skinny guy to to fit in the suit. I mean, the suit was so skin tight that to get me in it, I had to get in my underwear and slather like myself in baby powder, basically, just to be able to slip into it. Yeah, well, it wasn't made for you, was it? Those those things are usually specific for the performers. Yeah, they're molded, yeah. Yeah, it, and this happened to be a, a promo piece that was on loan from Fox. Uh, and I believe it was the same it was the same suit that they used in in uh, Alien Harvest. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, I think even this suit went on James Corden. Yeah, it was on their show, vomiting all all over everybody. Yeah. So they, when, when everybody was talking, I remember at some juncture, there was, there was a discussion about who, who are we going to get to be in the alien suit? And, uh, everybody sort of slowly is talking and every, every, everybody sort of slowly starts looking over at me. Cause they, cause the whole conversation is like, well, we need somebody tall and uh, I'm, I'm six, three. Uh, and they're like, oh, we need somebody pretty skinny. And I'm like, ah, well, like that's me as well. And then, and then that kind of the general consensus was like, they were just waiting for me to be like yeah throw me in the suit you know um and, <laughs> and then uh and then of course i was like i volunteer is true and then i it was really fun although i couldn't see like hardly anything i was looking out 
down down the head, like just through the mouth, where I could I could barely see a little bit. So it was all it was all like a matter of in that last scene, it was all a matter of like blocking and in in one of the cuts, in one of the alternative endings, there's a there's a moment where I I slowly put my like like the Zeno hand on her shoulder, and then I I clamp down, and that and then it would cut to black. Um, and they ultimately took that out and played it now more ambiguously. Do you think it killed her? I I I'd like to think it would have. Yes, yes. I don't I don't th- I don't know if it would, but that's really that's why the short is so brilliant because Noah like he makes people wonder. Well, does it does it have any recollection of the the reason it's alive is because she's she helped it. It's, it's such such an interesting concept. I think personally, I think it would have killed her indiscriminately. I, you know, that's up to, that's up to debate. I, that is not, that is just my personal opinion. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but it was very, very cool to get to play the, yeah, the sacrifice and the alien. Yeah. I thought that was actually a really, really nice piece of symmetry, even if it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't necessarily yeah. intended. Yeah, no, it was, it wasn't, but it, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, I'm, I was, I was happy about the, the symmetry as well. <laughs> so, so what was, you know, what was the actual experience like inside it? it? Was it, was it awkward or were you able to get on with it? Yeah, that it was, you know, I gotta, I gotta be honest. It was, I actually preferred, well, when the, when the, when the head was off, I preferred to be in the Xeno suit to the space suit because the spacesuit was was designed by this brilliant costume designer Chantal Filson, who um, she made it for me. She came and did all the measurements beforehand, and she made that. But it was um, the only thing about it was it was it was the hottest thing that I I was ever in. I was like in an it was like a sauna incubator. Like it was I I, I was I had they strapped ice packs to my they safety pinned ice packs to my jumpsuit that I was wearing underneath the spacesuit so uh the whole time just to keep my body cool because we couldn't run the um you know any AC in the studio and it was really hot so I actually preferred to be in the in the Xeno suit um because that was also hot but it was it wasn't too bad and I actually had more like flexibility so I could kind of walk around more freely I, I was actually walking around half the time in flip-flops and then the Xeno suit, but like without the head and without the feet. <laughs> so I, I, I can move about freely. So I definitely preferred to be in the, in the Xeno suit. Although I thought the, the space suit was just badass and really cool. The way she was able to make that, like there's a, my kind of characters, like sort of, he has this box that he's wearing over the front of him. It's kind of like where he carries, you know, various things and almost looks like a, like a little space lunchbox. If you look closely on that, there's kind of like six little sort of indented holes kind of going down. And that's actually a paint tray, but a plastic paint tray that was stuck on there. And then, of course, the whole thing was spray painted. And But she made that whole suit basically out of like items you could you could you could go find like you know, household items and, and, um, it's old school kitbash filmmaking, isn't it? Yeah, truly. And that was one of my favorite parts about, about the short was that because everybody was working on such a tight budget, what they were able to do, I mean, they had to get creative to do it. And it was, it really, that kind of filmmaking tests crews and, and filmmakers and really like proves their metal. Like if they can really do something like, I know all the shorts, they're, there's been like a wide range of response, but I, I just w- want to impart that I'm like so impressed by what every single one of them did on such a small budget and really of their own gumption and wherewithal to like put it all together. I mean, it's 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 really impressive what they were able to do and the looks that they were able to achieve. So you've you've seen them all then? I've seen them all. Yeah, yeah. My my girlfriend Hope McKenzie she she works she works at Fox and produced all of all six of these short films the on on Fox's end she was like the key point person on this um, project with her boss so she worked very closely with the filmmakers on all the edits and everything and 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 the, and the scripts and stuff from from like an early early on in the stage anyways another another I'm sorry I'm going off back <laughs> here. <laughs> Yeah. How was it? Could you ask you? Um, obviously, you got the two main parts, but when you're um, when you're the you know the astronaut guy, you've 
also got this scene where you've got a rather intimate face-to-face, as it were, with, you know, the face hugger, which I understand yeah. is a, like a fully animatronic thing. Yeah. How yeah. was that? And is it, was it in any way dangerous to do? Did they have any malfunctions with it and anything like that? Yeah. Uh, no, well... <laughs> that, that no that was that was one of my favorite parts of filming because it really when you get close to that thing like even though i know it, it was it was uh a little robot monster creature it really looks like they did such a good job making it look realistic that when it's in your face like that it does inspire fear so i i was that really was um, no no problem with that that part of the performance because it was scary and they coated it in all this kind of goopy slime on its legs so it was like like dripping stuff onto my face. Oh no, that so, must have been was yeah. not have been pleasant. <laughs> no, it, it was it was pretty nasty. But yeah, I think that they used in that if I remember correctly, I like they used part partly the animatronic one and then we also had kind of a um a one that was just like basically like a rubber dummy version of it and i think that uh i'd actually have to go back and ask the the raptor house effects who did that they did an incredible job really well i think what the the final thing that she like presses to my is the rubber one but yeah i got up close and personal with the with the animatronic one too and they 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 really figured out a way to to really match the movements and especially the, the front two legs would would kind of like go up and down and like there's really really creepy kind of just like they can make a move they move like jerky and 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 then slow and it was it was it was wild but yeah that that was definitely one of my favorite my favorite moments yeah and that's another cool piece of just alien legacy to be involved with as well you know giving birth getting hugged because you had that cool little um chest burst wound as well prosthetic didn't you well what was, yeah what was that made sort of out of how was that done yeah so that that was kind of like sort of uh another kind of like rubber mold thing that that basically it laid over it had the wound in the middle and then it had i i, I want to say about a couple inches in all directions of around surrounding that of like a light kind of like pink sort of skin tone to match to match mine and they laid it they kind of laid it across my Blended it into my skin, pasted it to me, and and this is like before they dressed it with all the blood. Like it was kind of just like sort of like just like a rubber like casting. It was very like gel like kind of floppy, you know. So they laid it along, and then Jordan Sanders, she did the prosthetic and the makeup. She was terrific as well. So they put it under my suit, then they they ripped my suit around it and kind of like ripped through all the clothes I was wearing. And then just dressed in a ton of blood and like guts and stuff kind of all around the dressing. So you don't and then the rest, the rest of the suit kind of covers where where the blending might not have been perfect around from skin to skin. It wasn't necessary to they just needed to really adhere it to me. And all you really see is just, you know, that that cavern, that like that deep wound. But that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was really cool. Um, I loved that. There's some really cool black and white photos that I have um, that somebody took on, on film on, on the set. And they're just me kind of just laying there dead with the, with the prosthetic, the hole in my, in my chest. Yeah, that was cool. Did you get to film any, you know, any actual chest burst moment? Um, Because it, you know, it it was mostly your, um, I think your screams and grunts at that point. And then it cuts to it being being born you know was there anything missing that you'd done for the actual burst uh yeah well there was that moment where like i you see me like uh basically spit blood and my eyes roll back and i spit it onto the the little window pane do you remember that yeah yeah i kind of like that was that's supposed to be the moment where it like comes through my chest and and really bursts through and because because i think they paired that with the sound with the sound effect and everything that's kind of where the moment is supposed at least where it's supposed to kind of pop through initially so that's that's that was that moment that's that's what we did for it okay fair enough i think it works better like that with that ambiguity Mm. yeah it works well yeah we didn't it was you know other thing came down to like you know budget and stuff but i'm not sure that i think that noah always i don't want to speak for him but i i think that that was always if i remember correctly that was always the way he wanted to play it so you didn't actually see the um yeah the chest burster you also provided the voice on the radio at the end of alien containment how did you end up with that role as well yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of funny. So that one was directed by Chris Redding. He's he's from the UK. He's 
just phenomenal filmmakers. So I guess he kind of heard through the great, but I guess he was one of the filmmakers that heard late about the fact that I was um, interested in doing an alien short. And I think initially he was thinking about me for for the lead, and or not the lead, there was, it was an ensemble, but like the guy the main kind of guy in his the one who ended up being the fella from in between us yeah and and there was there was going to be no way for me to go to england and stuff at the time and do that and yeah that that guy that guy's awesome i love the in betweeners by the way and that that actor is so so good he's i think he's going to be he's going to have a big career anyways uh i had already signed on basically to do noah's at the time and chris reached out to me and said hey i'm sorry you know there's there's i can't you know there's no i don't have any parts except for this this voice on the radio would you like to do it and he reached out to me actually chris did and uh that's how it came to be and i actually recorded since it was going to come through kind of a radio effect anyways i just recorded that into the voice memos on my my phone and sent it over to him and he mixed it in there so that that's the story on that (laughs) And, and that was twitter sorry did you say that was Twitter. Yeah, he reached out to me on Twitter. And uh, and then a bit later, I went to a, a screening of all six at, it was kind of like an advanced press screening. Was that the Fox lot? At the Fox lot, yeah. Yeah, we, we had two guys go to that, actually. So uh, they, they were in the audience and didn't even know it with you. Yeah, yeah, we were in the audience. I was with my girlfriend, Hope, and um, she she is become very close with like a lot of the filmmakers that um so i met chris in 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 person there and then um a few weeks ago uh well actually almost a month ago now i was i was in england um visiting family and i met up with chris and he's a member of bafta there and he took me over to bafta and then we kind of ran around london for the night but great guy so that's that's how the alien containment vo came came to be now now that all the anniversary stuff's stuff's done um would you you know be interested in in coming to play in this sandbox again you know if they're doing things like audio dramas which are fucking awesome by the way if anybody li- listening to this has not listened to them go and listen to audibles audibles audio dramas are amazing would you be interested in stuff like that you know um, other shorts you know feature films even if if they get back into gear with that kind of thing yeah, I'm I'm absolutely always always um open to to all kinds of stuff. And if and if it's right and it and it seems like something that I that I feel like I can I can do justice to, I I I'd, I'd absolutely love to sign on again and play in in some capacity back in in the universe. Absolutely. Cool. Well, if anybody's listening, you know, he's already is is given his uh yep. his approval for that. There it is. Yeah, I I'm absolutely. I I'd love that. That'd be really cool. Really cool. I'm honored. I'm just honored to have to gotten to be in alone and, and to have joined the franchise in, in some small way. It's really, really cool. And, and it's really nice getting to do something full circle. I, 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 you know, my, my dad is my best friend. Like whenever I get the opportunity to do something where I can feel connected to him, I mean, I feel connected to him all the time, but whenever I get the opportunity to do something like that, I always want to take it if I can, if I feel like it's, I can do it justice. And, you know, I learned so much from him and I definitely couldn't have done any of this without him. And he's always been, you know, he and my mom have always like inspired confidence in me. And I'm so lucky to have grown up with them. And uh, so anytime I can, I can do something like that. I, it's, it's an honor for me to, to be able to do it. And, and I hope like, you know, all the fans in the, in the franchise and stuff are like it too. You know, I, um, I always do justice and be respectful about it. You know, I love your short. You know, there's so much going off in it that I love. And, you know, when when I found out you were involved in it as well, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is amazing. Thank you. It all came together really well. I loved everything about it. You know, I loved you in it. I loved the story. I loved uh, Taylor. Just, I, I can't express just how much I really enjoy Alone. So thank you. Thank you, Aaron. No, thank you. I, that's, that means the world to me to hear that. That's, that's, that's an honor. Thank you. You've you've delved into this a, a, a little bit, and I'm I'm very glad because I think I would have been lynched if we had you on the show and didn't get to you know talk about your dad in some capacity. Oh yeah, I, I just wanted to embrace that from the beginning. I figured you know like I I, I well, that's this part of why I, I wanted to speak with you guys today is to get to talk to, to talk about him. I lo- I love talking about my dad. Did he have any particular stories you know about his time on Aliens that? he liked to go to you know those go-to party stories or anything like that oh god um let me um gosh that 
you know, these are those moments where you really wish that you like that I had like, you know, had a, had a tape record all my life with me at every single given moment that we were, we were hanging out and he started talking about something. You know, I, I, I can just say that, like, right now I'm not pulling up anything specifically um, in terms of like, you know, but I know that uh, I know that he like remained like very close with the cast and um, was very fond of everybody. Like like they 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 were a tight knit group in real life. And, you know, J- James Cameron had this kind of this friendship and collaboration with my dad that was ongoing. And uh, my dad would would kind of like, I mean, he would always he would basically like he'd do any any gym, you know, like Jim took him to the Titanic and put him in a lot, a, a number of Jim's big, big movies. And I know that like one of, some of my dad's favorite moments of his career were working with Jim and they really had a good mentor and a good, good back and forth. Always I'm trying to think if there's anything specifically, you know, that we, we, are, I wish I could like phone my mom, you know, like right now. Cause I know she would, she would remember some stuff. Yeah, no. In terms of like specific party stories and stuff, I I don't I don't know specifically. Yeah, and I, I know that they that he had a blast though. Well, speaking of of your mum, then, if I'm not mistaken, your mum is actually the Louise that was painted on Hudson's armor in the film. Yes, that is that's right. Yeah, my dad asked them to do that for my mum. Yeah. See that that's another cool sort of moment, you know, legacy moment yeah. as well. There, that's that's sweet. I like that. Yeah, that is. Yeah, he always liked to to bring personal touches to to the characters that he played. Yeah, it was funny. I remember we were looking. I do remember when I was young, we were looking up like somehow like I found some alien action figures on the internet. I was probably like twelve at the time, and I showed dad, and we like zoomed in, and they they almost every de- detail was right except for they forgot the e on Louise, so it just said Lewis. On his, on his acting. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. We, and my dad was like, oh, they missed, they missed it. Of course, he um, did manage to co-star with Lance and Jeanette in um, Near Dark. Were you, because I know in the um, features for that, they said, yeah, we want to do a sequel, we want to do a sequel. But obviously, it never got. Do you know if there was any headway on a Near Dark sequel that never actually, you know, came to fruition or not? No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I can't speak towards a, sing, uh, a sequel. I, I never heard that, but um, that you did spark jog my memory about something. I remember that um, you know Jim Jim Cameron was with um, Catherine Bigelow at the time, and my dad was actually the best man at their wedding. At that wedding, Catherine sent my dad the near dark script and really wanted to kind of like use yeah use a good portion of Jim's cast from Aliens. And my dad was like the first one on board because he was like dying to do something like that. He was like, oh, my God, this movie is rock star. And this this like this vampire character, Severin, is like absolutely like that. That's one of my favorites of my dad's films, like hands down like that. And Aliens are two of my very favorite, like probably like the top five for me of my dad's films. But anyways, like Catherine, he jumped aboard with Catherine. But Lance was very, very hesitant and did not want to. To jump on board a low-budget uh, independent um, vampire movie <laughs> because they had just wrapped Aliens and Lance was going telling my dad like we've got you know we've got something potentially big in the can here like you don't want to go throwing away your your career right now on like some like vampire movie you know like like Lance was very at first very like unconvinced and my but eventually like my dad was pretty persuasive. And I know that he like hounded him constantly about coming in in on board with this and came around and Lance ended up crediting that with like one of the best decisions he had made was signing on to that movie. Um, yeah, because Lance is really passionate about he's really, you know, he considers that a, a milestone yeah. in his career doing that film. Yeah, yeah. And but the truth is, he, he was not sure about doing it initially. And my dad convinced him. And then, of course, like the movie turned out amazingly. And, and uh, sure, they all had a, a great time on that. I mean, that one that one also looked really fun to film. And uh, I actually just did a. Um, it's 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 cool that you brought that up because, and I'll try to make this quick. I'm sorry. I, I did a film last year that I shot in LA called Bit and uh, Bit, and it's it's a vampire film, kind of about a, a group of uh, like an all girl gang group of fires in LA that kind of like terrorize the city, and and they're kind of punk rock. 
my character plays the younger brother of this young young actress named Nicole Maines who um, she plays my character's younger sister and in the movie she's a young trans teen. She's actually she's a real trans uh, activist from the East Coast and now she's actually on this show called uh, Supergirl playing the first trans superhero and she's just so cool. We like she and I became so close on the movie but anyways going off on the tangent again. She comes down from Oregon to basically live with my character in LA who's like a struggling actor and she gets she becomes a vampire and towards the well i can't i can't give it away but anyways there's a there's a, a moment uh towards the end of the film where i i do a very purposeful like homage to um to severin and my dad's character in near dark where i i wear those same nice. black black shades that he has on and in, in through most of the yeah movie. yeah I, I got that same that same pair of sunglasses and uh i use those in there but anyways yeah what didn't didn't your father also have a band or or in music as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. He had a band called Martini Ranch that was uh, he and another guy, a um, producing partner in music named Andrew Todd. They actually got signed to Sire Records under Warner Brothers back in the day, and sort of like a Devo kind of genre type band, you know, like style band. And Jim Cameron actually directed the the only music video Jim Cameron ever directed was for for martini ranch who's for a song called reach and uh, oh it's like this cyberpunk western type yeah. thing isn't it yeah that's exactly it yeah, yeah bigelow actually acts in it she's like the that the lead that the the leader of a female group of um bounty hunters yeah that's that's exactly yeah you know it that's so cool my mom's in that video too which is funny but uh yeah my dad enlisted a lot of actor friends for that for that video he was really into making the the music videos that was sort of why he was in the band because he was he was not the musical one i mean he did some vocals but he he would he would like pretty much put together the videos and bring people together for those and and, and act in the videos that was kind of more always more his thing Okay, so before we sign off, we do have a few questions from our community members for you. Uh, yeah. I would like to know which of your father's films is your personal favorite and why? And also, well, did your father have a personal favorite as well? Yeah, that's a good question. My favorite of my dad's films is A Simple Plan, directed by Sam Raimi and starring my dad and Billy Bob Thornton. That one is my favorite because of my dad's performance. I think that he was at the top of his game. That was a film that he'd been trying to make um, and produce for a, like a very, very long time. I think seven years or something. I got uh, got the opportunity to make it, and I just think he knocked it out the park. I think it's his finest acting and like one of his most heartbreaking roles. And just really, just really a, like a perfect script in my opinion, and just a tight movie, you know. So that's that's probably my favorite of his films. And my dad, I think he, he was of all his acting performances. Also, I think he was most proud of that one. But I I, I don't know if he had a, a single favorite. I, I he was he was definitely like you know had a handful of ones that he was very proud of, like Near Dark and, and Aliens and um, Twister. I know he was uh, in Apollo 13. He was really he really loved this movie he did with a director named Carl Franklin. Another one with Billy Bob Thornton called One False Move. He was always he. I remember he really really loved that one. Gosh, I I don't know if he ever had one. If he could ever pick one favorite, I don't think he ever told me which one was his favorite. But I I do remember him saying that I think he felt like he he also felt his finest acting was in A Simple Plan. And it's also it's it's kind of like a family favorite for us because we we knew how like how much he liked it and and also we my mom and I just really love love it and uh, yeah I would I was I would say it's probably a simple plan. Okay, and the sailing rabbit asks if given the chance, would you to take on the role of Hudson in an official or fan project? I just to respectfully uh, just I do I would not because I just you know. My dad defined that character, and and I I just think that uh, Hudson will never die, and and I and I but I I don't I don't think he needs to be born again with with my with me playing him. I think there's other ways that I could I could play characters, you know, with with odes to my dad that that I that I will always yeah be open to, but but I I, I don't think I anybody could ever reprise Hudson, and not not even me.
Uh, that's absolutely fair enough. <laughs> so one last one then, and uh, I suppose this one's a bit of a general one. Clara from Studio Utani asks, um, did you enjoy the chance to contribute to the Alien Universe? Was this whole anniversary shorts experience, was it good for you? Yeah, it was like overwhelmingly positive and such an incredible experience getting to to, to add to this franchise. I, I love being a part of something, getting to be a part of something that so many people are excited about and something that's, that unites so many people across the world. I mean, even in uh, in your guys' community, you were saying you have you're in touch with people from from all over the world through through AVP, and I, I it's just it's just humbling to be to 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 get to to play a small role in something that is so significant in pop pop culture and in in movies and 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 then but also in writing and just just sci-fi entertainment all around it's pretty incredible i just love being a part of something that so many people can get excited about and be, and get behind and it's exciting for me so yes over overwhelmingly positive i'm i'm very lucky i'm very lucky would you, if they do this again next week, next year, would or even when the anniversary of Aliens comes up, would you be tempted in directing or writing your own short, perhaps? Oh, that is a great question. That is a great question. Yeah. If if I did that, I I would probably love to collaborate with Hope. Uh, she is an incredible, um, the real Hope. And that was just a coincidence uh, that the mate, that Taylor Lines is Hope and my girlfriend's name is Hope. She's an incredible writer, and I'd love to probably collaborate with her on something. Um, so if I did that, I would I would probably collaborate with somebody on it. But uh, that is a- actually yes, I, I I definitely would would like to to throw my hat in the ring with that. Give you an excuse to dive in there a bit more as well. You know that that excuse that you've been looking for. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> so so that's actually everything from us. Then is there anything you'd like to say? Any anecdote or thought that we just haven't given you the opportunity to express? Gosh, I think you guys have probably let me ramble on long enough. Um, <laughs> I just want to say I really appreciate you guys taking the time to speak with me. I hope you know my answers have been interesting. I wish that, you know, hindsight, you know, is 2020, of course, but, um, I just want to say like, it, it's, 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 uh, it's an honor getting to, to just speak about my dad and, um, the legacy that he left and just know that I'm, I just want people to know I'm always proudly carrying that forward and, uh, happy to talk about it at any time and, uh, just keep moving forward keep moving forward thank you very much then uh, like i said we do really appreciate you taking the time to to come and chat to us where can folk find you online if they want to come and um, harass you and is there anything that you've got in the pipeline that people should be looking out for you in yeah i have a film premiering at festivals this year called bit it's the vampire film i was talking about earlier i have a movie called boogeyman pop that is a blumhouse film that should hopefully be coming out soon as well i've got a variety of other projects in the hopper i did a film with john travolta last year that i think they just changed the title of it it's, it was called moose i think it might be called the the fanatic now but i got to work with him and that's going to be a really great movie and i'm not sure that's coming out but um you know i, I have a i have a sh- i have a show that's an easy bin- binge watch out right now called eyewitness and a variety of other things in, in, in the hopper. But uh, I'm on Instagram um, at this is James Paxton. And uh, I have a Twitter. I think it's James Paxton Yo. I'm not on there as much. But yeah, you, you, I'm not hard to find. You can, you can find me. There's also a baseball player, I must say, named James Paxton. He's a Canadian baseball player that plays for the Yankees now. So don't get me confused with him. <laughs> I, I yeah, I know. It's when I was researching. Though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. It's he's actually. Uh, I, I I can tell he's probably like a really nice guy because a few years back when I had my um uh, show Eyewitness on USA, I the the network wanted us to make um Twitters so we would do like live tweeting and stuff and help promote the show and it was quite fun. But he tweeted at me because and said something like, uh, "Lots of fans showing love to the wrong Twitter account. Uh, seems like I should be watching my name counterpart in Eyewitness." <laughs> me so that was nice of him you know (laughs) so i'm sure he's sure he's a nice guy i'll be sure to drop actual links to the uh the right social accounts in the post that goes up with this um with this episode thank you aaron i I appreciate that and if folk are listening to this who've come for james and don't know who we are uh, you can find our hub on avpgalaxy.net an active message board probably one of the few left on the internet these days we're also on twitter avpgalaxy we're on facebook alien vs predator galaxy vs as in vs 
And there is also a Facebook group on there if you are so inclined as to Facebook groups for your um, nerding interactions. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Aaron Percival. Eric Adams. And James Paxton. Dining off.